0: Welcome to the Hope United podcast, where we're creating a culture of worship, family, and discipleship. We hope this message challenges, inspires, and gives you hope today. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. We've been talking about defeating fear, and today is our last on this series. Um, And it's been a very good series because I believe it's something every person faces. No one's exempt from facing fear. But it's what we do in those moments that really defines where we go and what happens. Um, You can see throughout scriptures men and women of God who have faced fear. And we can learn so much by studying their example. Um, Especially about how God brought all those people through when they relied on him in those moments. So today I want to talk about relying on God. What does it mean to rely? I looked it up and it says, depend on with full trust or confidence. You know, we have a little, she's now three years old. She turned three this last week, Ariella. And she loves to do sometimes risky things that kind of freak me out. Um, But there's moments where she might be kind of scared to do something or try something new. And something that we like to tell her is, I've got you. We've got you. And so it's, it's really cute because now she's tried to flip it and, and tell us that she's got us if she sees something. <laughs> and obviously, you know, even if she's so little, she's got this confidence in her that I can do it. But the, the trust that she has in us when we say, I've got you... It's, it's the whole parallel of faith like a child. Being able to say, God has me. I know he's got me and everything's going to be fine. I want to share three things that will help you defeat fear. Three things that will help you defeat fear. Number one, anchor yourself to God and his word. Anchor yourself to God and his word. Now I thought about this as an illustration, and I said to myself, "Man, if I could get an anchor in here, the the, the the little ones wouldn't do justice, right? The small ones. You'd have to have a big one. If you've ever seen one from like a cruise ship, or like one of those big ocean liner ones, they're huge. They can do some damage, but they also can keep that boat where it needs to be." It's the same with our faith and and, and our hope in the Lord, our hope in the word. Let's go to Hebrews 6, 16 through 19. Now, when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. Those two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Say that. It's impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. I love how it says that Jesus has already gone there for us. He's paved the way for us to be full of hope. He's faced things that we have faced already. So he knows and he knows exactly what we need. So he offers us this hope. And I I mean, you know, for those of you that have been in the faith long enough, I'm sure there have been moments where you realize when somebody that doesn't have the hope that we have, how, it's like you ask yourself, how do you do life without the Lord? How do you do life without the hope that we have? Because it's his hope that really gives us the will and the excitement to live and to face the future because he walks us through The word also says that he sets crooked paths straight for us. So no matter what we face, there's this hope that he works all things out for our good. I'm, I'm reminded of, and I quote this often, but it's something that I anchor myself to, and that is for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. So when something comes our way, and we're able to anchor onto a scripture or the word of the Lord, we're able to say, no, okay, this feels like the, the boat is rocking, but I'm anchored. I know what God says about me. Um, I want you to remember a time. Maybe this is... Something you're going through currently But I want us all to do this exercise Just think of a time that you felt hopeless And all the steps that led you to that place You know, a lot of times it starts with a disappointment Or it'll start with fear Let me go there It'll start with fear of something Fear of, of something happening that you don't want to happen Or something that's happened that you're like This is not what I thought And then there's disappointment And it's followed by other feelings The reason it's so important for us to recognize fear and shut the door is because fear doesn't come alone it always comes with all other all these other things that comes with anxiety depression um self-harm thoughts you know suicidal things and and you might not face all of those but it's important to close that door immediately because nothing good ever comes from fear fear is the opposite of faith so this is why we have to guard our heart and our mind when fear comes knocking. Number two, the other way to defeat fear is the armor of God. And not just, I know we talk about it, we've heard it a lot, we're put on the full armor of God. I, I want us to really listen to some important words in this. In Ephesians 6:11 through 18, it says, Put on all of God's armor, say all. So that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. You don't have to look very far to see that there are evil and wicked things happening right now. There's human trafficking, right? These are real things that are happening. Why would people want to do these things to people? Why would somebody want to lace candy with drugs and fentanyl and kill children? Like, these are very serious, wicked, sick things because they're evil. We're not—and people a lot of times will just think, oh, well, these people, you know, they start looking for natural solutions. But the root of all of that wickedness is the enemy is at work to kill, steal, and destroy as much as he can. So— when we, when we go on to verse 13, Therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle you'll stand firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, the body armor of righteous, God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. I know people look at this sometimes as just like an analogy, but these are very real things. When when you go on and it it talks about the good news in addition to these hold up the shield of faith because faith is what blocks when the enemy starts throwing things at you disappointment depression hopelessness you're able to pull up the faith and say no I know the God that I serve and I know that I'm going to be standing at the end of this and I know he's going to turn it around for my good. And when you go on to put on salvation as your helmet, right, the understanding that we are saved, we are not lost, we are not forgotten, we are not hopeless, we are not undefeated, we are not defeated, but we are an undefeated people. All these things, if we apply them, if you, if you think back to a movie or something that you've seen or, or maybe documentary on any type of like a tactical um, fighting and that sort of thing, what does the enemy always look for? The weak, weakness, the weakest part. So if you've got everything but one of the pieces, he's going to go for your weakest area. This is the importance of putting on every piece. That's why we got to like really press for righteousness because God will show us this is the area you need to do better. And this is the area that you need to put up more. So... I love the last thing. It says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. You know, you have different levels of people that pray. You have those that pray when we do the fasting at the beginning of the year. You have those that pray when they come to church on Sunday. You have those that pray when they're in a crisis. And then you have those that pray when they remember and you have those that pray persistently. I mean, I, it's important to examine yourself and say, God, am I praying persistently? God, am I connecting with you consistently? Because those, those moments matter. It's all, like I think of everything as like equity in the Lord. Like how much am I investing in my time with him? The more I spend time with him, the more it empowers me to live an empowered life to where I can defeat the enemy. It's not by my will. It's not by my power. It's by the spirit of the Lord. So the more that we pray and we connect with him, we can defeat the enemy. It's only by God's protection that a believer can stand firm against all strategies of the devil. You know, sometimes we can get overwhelmed or we get distracted. And we think that we can figure out some way in the natural to deal with something. And we find quickly, excuse me, that that. We can't do it on our own. Um, I'm going to tell you a story. Some of you have heard it, and there are some of you that probably haven't. But I'm going to say it because I really feel that it's pertinent for this. So a few years ago, while I was pregnant with Ariella, um, I had had, uh, received a word, a prophetic word. And I was like, what does this word even mean? It was really kind of strange for what you would normally hear. You know, a lot of times people say, oh, God is going to open some doors for you you know that whole thing so that's like a common something that you would expect you know okay good that's edifying this word did not make sense to me in the moment um and it said that the substance of god is in your bloodstream and i was like okay lord what does that mean that's kind of weird but okay um and i I just sat on it i prayed on it and um you got to fast forward to after i've had ariella and uh, I have a doctor's appointment, and then they tell me, we need to test you because of your family history with um, can- breast can- cancer. And so I said, uh, okay. And I went, and I had to go take this test for them to test my genes and blah, blah, blah. And so, funny enough, and it was in that moment that God reminded me of that word. And I was like, oh, Okay. So I took that word and I said, okay, God, I know what you've said in your word about me. And I know what you've said right now that you're, that means my bloodstream is clean. Like my genes are clean. And, but here's how the enemy works. You know, he's going to like try to attack you on the way there on the way to getting to that place of victory. So I remember I had prepped, I fasted, I prayed, I, I made space like just to be with the Lord. And I remember going to the, um, to the place where I had to do it. Well, it's in the whole cancer center of the, of the hospital. And I was sitting in the waiting room and I'm sitting there and I'm sitting directly across from the place that our daughter had open heart surgery. And I'm looking at where we stayed And I, and, I like, the enemy was, like, toying with me, like, ha-ha, I got you here again. And I was so righteously angry. <laughs> and I said, no, this is not what God has for me. And and if I could tell you that God was in every detail of that morning and going into that office from the staff playing worship music like to, like, all these other little things... And I just felt so at peace with God. And I got the call later. They said, everything's good. You're clean. You know, your blood's clean. I was like, I, you know, I just gave thanks to God. But I tell you that as an example of what it means when you anchor yourself and you place your feet firmly, you say, I will not take a no for an answer. Like this is what God promised me. And remembering what God has spoken over you, what God has spoken over you, it's critical. Because then the enemy will come to test you and test the word and test if your faith is really that strong. So you have to have that resolve. Number three, understanding there's safety in obedience. So this is the third thing. If you can understand there's safety in obeying God in every season when it seems like you're outnumbered, when it seems like you're up against the wall... If you can be obedient in those moments, you will find safety. You will find that he fights for you, that he will give you the victory. I'm going to take you on a little journey here. I'm going to ask you to stay plugged in because I want to tell you about somebody. They're they're not commonly spoken about, but this, this is so relevant for where God has taken this word. So we're going to go to 2 Chronicles 14. And... Just to tell you about this person, King Asa was the ruling king for the tribes of Judah and Benjamin for 41 years. He opposed the worship of false gods. He tore down lots of Asherah poles, which are like, you know, idols and totem pole type of things. And um, the Bible actually says that he did right before God. God was very pleased at the way that he really tried to bring all that stuff down and cleanse the, the land. So Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord. He removed the foreign altars and the high places, smashed sacred stones, cut down Asherah poles. He commanded Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, to obey his laws and commands. He removed the high places, incense altars in every town of Judah, and the kingdom was at peace under him. Kingdom was at peace under him. He built up the fortified cities of Judah since the land was at peace No one, listen to this, no one was at war with him during those years, for the Lord gave him rest. He was obedient to the Lord, and the Lord gave him rest. All right, moving on. Asa had an army of 300,000 men from Judah, equipped with large shields, spears, 280,000 from Benjamin, armed with small shields and with bows. All these were brave fighting men. Now, here comes Zerah, the Cushite who marched out against them with a vast army and 300 chariots and came as far as Marisha also went out to meet him. Okay, so now Asa's coming out because this arm, this guy has come out with a huge army. He's outnumbered and they're taking up battle positions in the valley here. And so Asa called out to God and said, Lord, there's no one like you to help the powerless and the mighty help us, Lord. For we rely on you. And in your name we have come against this vast army. Oh Lord, your our God, don't let man prevail against you. And the Lord struck the Cushites down before Asa and Judah. This is such an important lesson for us to hear because he called on the name of the Lord. A lot of times when we see something before we call out, we kind of like freeze, right? And we'll say, oh my gosh, what do I do? And yes, we might ask God for his input, but how do we walk it out? And this is so critical for everything that we do. How do we, I remember when we first, when you first ordained us, uh, installed us as the pastors, one of the words that was given to us was by the prophets in this house was seek God before every decision. And although that seems like, man, that's a lot, you know, we live in a natural world. You got to make natural decisions. But I think We sometimes minimize how God should be involved in the details of our lives, not to be religious, but to really seek his guidance. If we're spiritual beings, we need to seek his guidance for the big and the small. So here comes a prophetic voice in uh, second Chronicles 15 one. Then the spirit of God came upon Azariah, son of Oded, and he went out to meet King Asa as he was returning from the battle that he just won. Listen to me, Asa, he shouted. Listen, all you people of Judah and Benjamin. The Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with him. Whenever you seek him, you will find him. But, there's a but, if you abandon him, he will abandon you. Those are strong words. For a long time, Israel was without the true God, without a priest to teach them, without the law to instruct them. But whenever they were in trouble and turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him out, they found him. So I'm going to kind of recap because it's a lot. He, He ended up removing all the idols from the land of Judah, or most of them, I should say, and Benjamin and the other towns that he had captured. He repaired the altar of the Lord. And he got all the people to come together and to make an oath before God to serve him. And then he did one more thing. Now, this is pretty strong because those of you that know, family is important. How you do family is important. But there also are some principles that are important in your relationship with the Lord where he comes first. 2nd Chronicles 15:16 says King Asa even deposed his grandmother Makkah, from her position as queen mother because she'd made an obscene Asherah pole. He cut down her obscene pole, broke it up, burned it in the Kidron Valley. Although the pagan shrines were not removed from Israel, Asa's heart remained completely faithful throughout his life and he brought into the temple this is key he brought into the temple of god silver and gold and the various items that he and his father had dedicated so there was no more war until the 35th year of asa's reign so there's a turning point that happens now and i hope you heard the part where he brought these things these treasures that he had captured and put them into the temple of the lord Um, but I think it's important for us to see just with what happened there, there are lines that you don't cross, you know, with the Lord that where his, you're, you're anchoring to him and in your obedience to him. And I'm not giving anybody permission to go like cutting people off their family. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying his dedication to the Lord and to be in his will was so important. That it was, it, this was his call was to produce order in the land and to cleanse the land and to get rid of this idolatry. So in chapter 16, he finds King Basha of Israel has invaded Judah. So there's a king that's invading Judah and he's now, that king is trying to fortify the city and not allow anybody to enter or come out. So he does something. He, he understands that this king it has a vast army. Now, you remember in the last situation, he called on God. Let's see what happens. Asa responded by removing the silver and gold from the treasuries of the temple of the Lord and the royal palace. Now, this already sounds like a terrible strategy to me. He sent it to the king, Ben-Hadad of Aram, who was ruling in Damascus, along with this message Let there be a treaty between you and me like the one between your father and my father. See, I'm sending you silver and gold. Break your treaty with King Basha of Israel so that he will leave me alone. So he went from depending and relying on the Lord to fight for him and to help him defeat the enemy to now saying, I don't know, this looks like I'm outnumbered. I'm gonna need help from the neighbor. And ask him and take gold from over here that I've dedicated to the Lord. But I'm going to give it to him so that he can help me and we can defeat this. Natural solution. Not a good idea. So the king agrees to Asa's request and sends his armies to attack the towns. Um, And it's important for us to see that, you know, when, when we do this, it really hurts us. And then we get mad at God, like, God, why didn't you come through for me? Why didn't you do this for me? But whenever we are, that scripture that says his way, his thoughts are not our thoughts, right? His ways are higher than our ways. We have to remember God wants the best for us. So there is safety in obeying him. There's always a price for disobedience. Always. And... And we see that the, that army ended up backing off. But I had asked myself, what was the cost? Fear had caused him to rely on his own thoughts and strategies. And it's the same today. Fear can cause us to rely on our own thoughts and strategies. But when we entertain fear, what happens is we begin to uh, create this picture in our mind. And I know a few weeks back you were talking about like the lens, the lens of faith. When we see things differently. It helps us make a, a better um, decisions. So, this is why we have to take captive every single thought. Every single thought. Because there will be thoughts that the enemy plants in your mind that you'll think, Oh, this is a good idea. But it's not a God idea. It's something that he put there to distract you and to bring you off course. Second Corinthians 10.4. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning. So... We'll come up with stuff even that means it might seem like, hey, this could really work out. God has gifted us. And that's what's dangerous is when we lean on our gift. If you're really good at your craft, whatever it is, or you're, or, or he's he's given you specific things that you're so good at and you can start to lean on that instead of him. And so um, the next part is we capture rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. What is a rebellious thought? It's. Well, rebellion means resistance. So it's anything that's resisting what the word says, resisting what God says to us. It's a thought that's resistant to faith. Fear is resistant to faith. So faith says God with God, all things are possible. Faith says, no matter what you face, you can get through it. He'll see you through. He'll give you peace. You can find healing. Fear will say you're up against the Red Sea and there's no opening this thing. You know, the, it, it, that that's what fear is. So. We have to become aware of how the enemy will infiltrate. If you can see that what's happening, if you can be discerning, and this is why it's so important to walk with the Holy Spirit, because he'll prompt you and he'll say, this is, this is not, this is not me talking. And then you're able to say, okay, I see what's happening. And you take the appropriate steps, either repent or you say, God, I'm holding on to you. I feel weak. And he'll tell you, go call so-and-so. You know, let them encourage you in the Lord. These are practical things, but they're important. So this is the, this is the, the clincher. We go to second Chronicles six, seven. At that time, Hanani, the seer came to King Asa and told him before I say that. God will place people in your life to give you a word of encouragement like the first prophetic voice and then he will give you a, a, a word of correction. This one was a word of correction because you've put your trust in the king of Aram instead of in the Lord your God. You missed your chance to destroy the army of the king of Aram. Don't you remember. So so before I go on. You missed your opportunity to destroy the army. So not just defeat them once, but to eliminate that. He could have eliminated that problem, but because he did it in the natural, it was like a band-aid on it. Don't you remember what happened to the Ethiopians and Libyans and their vast army with all their chariots and charioteers? And this is why it's important to always go back and say, God, I remember what you did. I remember how you brought me out. From the wilderness. I remember how you set me free from whatever. I remember. Because when we remember it stirs up our faith again. At that time you relied on the Lord and he handed them over to you. The eyes of the Lord searched the whole earth. This word is for you. The eyes of the Lord searched the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. What a fool you've been. Is what he's told him from now on you will be at war I never want to hear anything that says like god's disappointed and i'm backing up because of my disobedience I want you to see that was the cost that was the cost of natural wisdom of natural strategy He 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 lost the favor of god with him and Here's how it ended for him In the 39th year of his reign, Asa developed a serious foot disease. Yet even with the severity of his disease, he did not seek the Lord's help, but only turned to his physicians. So he died in the 41st year of his reign. He started off so well. My prayer is not that we just start well, but that we end well. That we're consistent on the journey. There's a price on relying for relying on other things that are not God. There's a price for seeking what only God gives in other places. I want us to just close our eyes for a moment. Maybe some of you can relate to some part of this or maybe all of it. Maybe you find yourself in that in a similar situation where you, when you're facing things, you begin to think of natural strategies. You begin to look for affirmation from people to confirm what you're trying to put together. Maybe you are just like him in the area of the of the physical where you're saying, I need to, you're hanging on every word that the doctor says. Maybe you're trying to figure out how to do better with your business and and not hearing from the Lord so clear so you start coming up with your own thing. Maybe you're trying to cope with whatever you're facing by substances, with other things. The Lord is so ready to help us in whatever way that we need. And a lot of times, yes, it can be scary, but God has... Always come through for his people, he would say, Be strong and courageous. Don't fear. I'm with you. And that's the journey of faith is having trust in him, knowing that you're safe in his care. You're safe if you just obey what he's saying for you to do. God, today I want to just open this up for those that might be hurting, for those that have been carrying a heaviness because they're trying to do things in the natural. Where we've all had moments where we've done that. And today, God, we want to take a moment to repent. And we want to take a moment to allow you to come in. And to do what only you can do. And we know, Lord, that it's not too late. We know that you honor repentance. And so today, God, we open our hearts to you. And we say thank you, God, for being the God that... Loves us that cares for us that wants the best for us Not a partial good not a partial blessing But god there's great benefits to being in in your family Benefits to being anchored to you And so lord as we come today we surrender we surrender every part and we say no We shut the door to fear right now. We don't allow it to enter in We don't allow any of its friends to come in God, today we just renounce every fear, anxiety, depression. God, any suicidal thoughts, any heaviness that's not from you, we know that you have not sent any of those things for us. And so today we bind those things up and we cast them out and they are not welcome here. They're not welcome in us. They're not welcome in this house. And God, we thank you. You said your yoke is easy and your burden is light. So today we enter into your rest. We enter into your presence, God, with thanksgiving. And we know that you're filling us with your joy, with your peace, with your perfect love that casts out every fear. And we thank you, God, for your word. That's quick and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword to cut off that which the enemy tries to root uh, around us. We cut off all these negative words. We cut off all these things that have come against your people. Lord, to try to weigh them down, to try to make them feel like they're defeated. We speak the word of the Lord over this house, which is that we are an undefeated people. Thank you, Jesus, that you came to give us life and life more abundantly. So we receive that today, God. We receive your joy. We receive your love. We receive your peace. And we give you thanks for what you're doing in us. We give you thanks for what you're doing in this house. We know that you're birthing something new in this house that is going to be beautiful and take us from glory to glory. Thanks again for listening. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. For more information or to connect with us, go to hopeunited.church. And remember, if God is with you, you will be undefeated.